you are listening to the Bold Dreams Held Loosely podcast hosted by myself, Taryn Watts, and my colleague and dear friend, Michelle Terrio. We believe that the quality of the conversations you're inside of shapes the quality of your life. Whether that's a conversation you're having with others, listening in on, or contemplating within yourself, what you think about and where you direct your energy matters. At the Mind Rebel Academy, we train and support change makers to step into their life's work as world-class coaches and leaders. After mentoring hundreds of people from around the world, what we've come to realize is that the most extraordinary coaches and leaders have one thing in common, and this is that they are wildly devoted to living deeply examined lives. After all, you can only go as deep with another as you're willing to go within yourself. And this podcast is just that, Michelle and I, two coaches and leaders, having raw, honest, very human conversations that are expanding our minds, opening us up to new possibilities, and keeping us steadfastly committed and focused to walking our path towards our deepest yearnings and greatest visions. And our intention is that these conversations do the same for you. So get comfy and settle in, and as always, you're invited to take what's for you and gently leave the rest. Enjoy. Hello. Good morning. We've been having a really juicy conversation, um, you know, in real life. Do you want to start by painting a broad picture of what we've been exploring? Yeah. So... You, you had this question. I think we've actually been talking about this for a couple of weeks now because we didn't record last week. So we've been we've been reflecting on this question for a couple of weeks now in preparation for this this podcast. Um, and you brought it forward as this reflection you were inside of as to what collapses the energy of a manifestation. I think you had watched something and this was a question that was, that was posed and you started to, you started to reflect and think of, and then you planted this little seed in my mind. And then I, I went down this rabbit hole. I, I, I wanted to take that question and examine the last 15 years of my life. Mm. And, ex and, and so this is what I've been doing. I have been, I've, um, I've looked at my vision and that vision has evolved over the last 15 years. And I think when I when I first started doing this visioning work, it was more like I did a vision board. It's like, and that was it. And then I put the vision board away for a bit. And then, you know, so the vision has had various levels of attention and focus and energy, but it's over the last 15 years, I would say it's, it, it has, it has gotten stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. So the way I see our visions is that they're very much alive and, and very much alive, very much evolving. And the, and they need to be fed, like the visions itself need to be fed and 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 nurtured it needs to be protected it needs to be honored in order for the vision to 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 keep 
to keep growing and to, and to have power, you know, to have like energetic power. Mm. It is not enough just to create a vision board and slap it up on your wall and look at it every once in a while. It's just, it's, it's like a, it's like a little wee starting place. Yeah. So, okay. So what I, so what I did was I, I, I reflected on the various iterations of my vision over the last, uh, like, you know, decade or more. And, and then I, 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 I created this little, like this little map, like this little pathway towards, towards that vision. And I plotted on the map, all of the major manifestations of the vision that have come over time, Mm. just to kind of map it out and see what, you know, what that timeline has looked like, and then kind of where I am right now on the timeline and perhaps what's to come in the future. And, um, and, and the, the, the intention of mapping this out was to then look at of those manifestations, like how did they come to be and what did it feel like and how did that happen? And, you know, like these almost feel like these little pinpoints on the map felt like, you know, the fruition of one little piece of the vision, like the manifestation of a piece of the vision that felt, I shouldn't even say little piece, that felt pivotal, Hmm. like really pivotal milestone changes and um, manifestations of the vision. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So when I looked at this path and I plotted this out, there were some, there's some key, you know, even in the last, you know, I don't even know, however many years, seven years, let's say, there were some really key pivotal moments for me in my, on my journey. One was leaving my corporate job and becoming a coach full-time absolutely life-changing pivotal moment. Uh, shortly after that, the next pin on the, on the map was the birth and creation of the MRA, like absolutely pivotal moment for me. Um, the next on the map shortly after that was landing in our dream home that I had been, been visioning for a, a good decade before <laughs> and then arriving here. That was a pivotal moment. Um, and then the next after that was Sean creating his company, becoming him, becoming him, leaving his, his job and becoming an entrepreneur. Like again, another life-changing moment on our, on our path. And as I look at these, I, 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 I recognize that there are, there are two phases. One is the, like there's, there are two phases of the manifestation of the manifestation of each of these pinpoints in my journey. One is the energetic phase, like the phase where you're doing the invisible work and the action steps. So it's the, it's the energetic phase where the manifestation is not here yet, but you're doing the energetic work 
and the action steps forward to bring this piece to manifestation. So one is the energetic phase and then one is the actual arrival. And mm-hmm. the arrivals, you know, this this like this little point in time where you know the the all the work you have done in the energetic phase appears in your reality. Yeah. So the, there's these two phases in in each of these manifestations. Some of these manifestations have been have felt effortless and wonderful. Some of them have felt hard. Mm. And I shouldn't say hard. Some of them have felt more um, challenging, resistant, oh, like stretchy, but in, in the energetic phase before the arrival. Yeah. So what I'd love to explore with you so this is where I've gotten in my in my in my little, you know, my little exploration so far. Cause what I'd love to explore with you is two things. What feeds what feeds the energy or what feeds the manifestation in the energetic phase before mm. it's actually here? Yeah. And what collapses the energy in that in that energetic phase before it's arrived. Yeah. And I think Michelle, you actually, you did a really good job at explaining what, what we are even talking about collapsing energy. I'm not even sure I explained that properly in my little intro here. Could I hand it over to you to, to talk a little bit more about this, this concept or this idea of energy collapsing? Yes. I wish I had. So what I saw the other day that made me go, oh, it was something on the internet. And it was a man talking about uh, energy systems. And he was actually talking about it in a more um, concrete, physical sense, like when a scientist, I don't even know if he was talking about like a physicist or some sort of whatever kind of person would deal in like energy systems and and waves and photons and circuits that kind of thing in real actual life when there's some sort of like energy system as soon as any type of force or pressure is put on that energy system that's flowing it the whole thing collapses And you need to like rebuild the energy again before it can start like a pressure or a force on the end. I wish I knew more sciencey technical terms, like, cause I'm probably saying it a little wrong, but that's true in real life. And they were equating it uh, to that's true of the energy that's not being studied and measured by scientists also. Like the energy we're talking about, like building up inside of us in terms of like the excitement and yearning and vision just because a scientist isn't measuring the waves and the energy inside us doesn't mean it's not happening right and so he was making a a nice connection to that and it um instantly blew my mind a little bit i find it helpful when not that i think everything has to be proven scientifically to be able to believe in it i don't believe that at all but i find it really helpful when someone has proven a concept in one realm it's easier for me to 
fully get behind it in another realm. So I started thinking about it in terms of all of these manifestations that have come into my life or manifestations I want to come in my life. I looked at the pattern of energy building and then I looked at where I tried to apply force to it and the way it collapsed. And I started sitting back and thinking about it and seeing all the places. Wow. All of those times I was getting scared and I was like trying hard to make it come into reality. I was actually applying force to it that caused the energy to collapse and have to start over and rebuild. And so the, 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 it was almost like trying to assert my will and grasp it and like make it condense into reality. That was the force I was applying that was collapsing it. Is that a good description? That's a great description. Yeah. Can you give a, a like a real concrete example of, of something that you tried to force into reality? Yeah. It, this is a, like a long example. Are you ready? Right, I'm ready. Um, I sort of looked back over, this is like a, an almost 20 year example. So I feel like from the time I first in my mind went, one day I want a fairy tale type of love that they make movies about. And I just, you know, all these things I want, I was like, oh. And I didn't know all of the specifics, but I knew the like feeling of satisfaction. Like I wanted a relationship so satisfying that like it was in a movie and people would look at it and be like, and I would get to live it. And so it was like this. So one thing I knew was that it was so important to me, so important to me that I felt dumb for how important it was to me, but it was like a real yearning. And my poor little naive brain thought, well, if I want that, I better go after that. <laughs> and so I, I, um, I first, I had no concept whatsoever. It never occurred to me that it was possible to just focus on yourself, let the energy build and trust that that would come into my life. That never occurred to me. No one ever told me. I mean, people would say, focus on yourself, focus on yourself. But that didn't make any sense to me. I was like, yeah, but this is what's important to me. So I was always just like longing for and leaning into relationships and and one would show up and then I would just lean into it and be like, oh, I, I want it now. I'll, I'll make this one. I'll turn, I'll turn this person into the person of my dreams and I'll, I'll make it so that they give me what I want. And it was like I was latching on. I was grabbing this thing in front of me and trying to like turn it into what I want, wanted. So that looked like inside of relationships, it looked like the things I didn't like, the dynamics I didn't like either in that person or in the dynamic between us, I'll try to fix it. Just like, I'll just try to fix it. And I'll spend a lot of time, I'll spend a lot of time explaining to you. I'll spend a lot of time 
spend so much time loving you. I'll love you into, I'll love you so hard that you'll turn into the person who, you know, I'll just, I'll make it happen. So, so much, um, so much failure in that. There was many points of force. The force was one, um, kind of collapsing my own, as soon as I zeroed in on one person, I was collapsing all the other possibilities in the moment. So that was like a force. I was grabbing that, grabbing that person, collapsing all the other opportunities. And then I was also exerting force and stopping the energy from rebuilding by refusing to let go because it felt like letting go of the person was letting go of what I wanted. And I felt it very, I felt very, felt very hard. So I was just like gripping, using force from preventing the evolution and all the other possibilities. But eventually that would happen. And that cycle just repeated, repeated, repeated. And sometimes it got better. Sometimes I got closer. Um, but that cy cycle repeated forever of me collapsing my vision into one person and it wasn't working, finding it really hard to let go. Eventually the universe steps in and goes, <laughs> We don't want this for you, so we're gonna make it real uncomfortable in one way or another. And then I would sift back into probably my most aligned state of going, okay, and the energy starting to build a little bit, and the energy's building, building. But then I can't hold on to trust long enough to stay in the building of the energy. So I I almost because I there's like a a lack of trust that it can be as good as I hope it's going to be. So I collapse it for like maybe good enough. It's like almost in a little bit of desperation, um, grasping it, like grasping at straws. It's like, there's a life raft. I, I am, I'm tired waiting. I'm scared. It's not going to come true. Here we go. And so that repeated over and over until I got so sick of it. Like, I, like, I don't know, like, let's, let's say like, yeah, like, I don't know, 15 years of that cycle, maybe more, until I decided that's it. I hate this so much. My heart hurts so much. I My poor little heart can't take this anymore. No more collapsing this and settling for this. I'm going to sit right here and I am not going to move until the full vision of everything I want actually comes my way. I'm going to trust this in, in such a radical way. And I don't know if I ever, I don't know if I ever shared this here. I, Taryn, I think I told you this. I don't know if I ever shared this on our podcast before, but, um, when the energy was building for me before this relationship, I had a moment where I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to have, I'm going to get a dating app again. I'm going to try this, except I don't want to be looking. Like I don't want to be searching. I don't want to be reaching out. So it was one where I just created a profile left it there. And then I didn't do anything. You didn't have to swipe. You didn't have to reach out. I was like, oh, I will sit here until someone comes and not just like once and then go, oh, someone said hi to me. Right. Do you love me now? Are we getting married? Like, I was like, no, I have to, this time, 
this time I'm sitting here and they have to like keep consistently pursuing me and it will just become, you know, like I'll just, I'll see, you know, I'll, I'll be shown and it will be so obvious that I'm not overreaching and, and hoping and that's what happened. And then, so then this manifestation was able to flow in in such a way where I got to feel delighted by it. Like it felt too good to be true the way it just walked into my life and arrived. And because it was the one time I didn't put force on it and try to make it come or make it stay. I just sat there and was like, from the first, from the first time that my now partner ever messaged me, he consistently, there's never been a day um, that he hasn't reached out and connected or said goodnight. Like from the very first day, it just, he came in so strong and I never had to wonder. I never had to be in a place where like, oh no, there's a gap. Maybe he's forgetting about me. Maybe uh, he wants me to reach out. Like I, that just never existed. I just decided to stay and he just pursued me and has been here ever since. So what did you have to, okay, you got to a point where you were staying in your energy. Were, were there still like the fear, the scarcity, the lack? Was that still creeping in? Oh, hell yes. Yes. That's important to say. It's not like all of a sudden I was like, oh, I'm right. This is easy now. Um, there was still, I would say I still had daily fear that I was a, like a little bit like delusional or too hopeful or this might happen to other people, but like, I'm not good enough for someone to pursue me like that. That happens to other people. I probably had that daily and it took so much trust to not ruin the building energy. It was like, but every day that I stayed in trust, it didn't collapse because of the fear. Uh, it's like the magnetism got stronger and I could feel it. Like I could, I could, I started to feel this sense of anticipation in the air, almost like, oh, I, I don't know. I could, I could feel the magnetism. And I was tested not just by my own fear, but I was also tested by, um, the like little options floating in that I had to say no to, you know, like that mirrored the things that would come to me in the past. Then I would say yes to, I had to feel mm -hmm. them be really honest and trust that it was safe to say no to those things. And that I wasn't like missing the boat in the past. I was like, no, I can't, you can't say no to something. You might miss the boat. And so that it, I was tested that way too of, being really honest with myself. Is this the energy I want? Is this the, is this the type of person I want? Is this how I want to feel? No. Okay. I had to, I had to keep, I had to keep saying no. So not easy, not, not easy at all. Looking back now, it feels like 
so clear, but at the mm-hmm. time it felt, it felt like I was trying something risky at the time. Yeah. I, I really, really like this concept of the energy building. Yes, you can with your force and you can collapse it. And then the energy has to rebuild again. Yeah. I like I'm really, really deeply resonating with that. And it goes back to the things that we need to do to feed it. Like mm. to feed the vision, to feed the energy. Yeah. What Michelle, what are some of the things that you do to feed your vision? Mm. Um, the first thing is before even starting to feed my vision, I know for me, there's this point where I have to actually, what's the word, admit that it's something I want, or I have to actually decide I'm willing to actually face this, feel this say, admit that I want it. That is surprisingly hard for me sometimes because- Me too. Yeah, because Mm -hmm. I think I was asking myself why, like, why is that so hard to admit? I yearn for this thing. And I think it's because for me, I am so scared to face the disappointment of it maybe not happening. It feels like, oh, like if I if I believe in it and I try and it doesn't happen, I'll be crushed. And I'm like kind of okay right now. So I don't want to like make my poor heart go through that. And I and I think um I think it takes a little bit for me to where the the, the yearning is bigger than the fear of the disappointment. And so that needs to happen first. And that's, that's been a challenge I noticed with, um, so for a very, very, very long time, I've said, oh, maybe one day I'll write a book, but that's it. That's the extent of it. Other than that, I don't really look at it. I don't fantasize. I didn't fantasize about it. I didn't actually feel into it. I kept it kind of um, dissociated from from me because I think there was so much fear about you. Who, who are who are you to think you can do that? You're actually not going to be capable. You're not good at this, 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 this. Other people are better at this, this, this. And so um, there's this point where I had to say, do I actually like really want this? Am I willing to even allow the hope to start building, the energy to start building, the desire to start building? And and actually allowing myself to tip over the threshold. And then once I'm over that threshold, for me, I think it's about engaging emotionally with it and fantasizing about it. And then also staying present while the fears come up to feel them and sift through them and release them. But really, um, really tapping into the vision or the manifestation and allowing those feelings to start bubbling up like energy in terms of oh excitement oh that would feel good oh i would be so happy oh i would be so relieved oh it would be so nice and 
consistently touching those feelings. I think that is how the energy starts building for me. And I have to do that for a little while. And once I do that for a little while, little like teeny pricks of synchronicity start coming in that tell me you're on the right track. Keep going. And yeah, I think that's how it builds for me. Yeah. What, what does it look like for you? Very, very similar. So sometimes when I'm at a, a, when I feel like I'm at a plateau, meaning, I mean, visioning has been, been such a focal part of my day for a very long time now. So every morning I vision in my journal, but there have been times where it, I feel like there's a bit of a plateau meaning. And what that looks like is I'm writing and I'm like, ah, there's no energy. There's no energy behind what I'm writing. I'm not like, I'm not, there's no, there's no build. Mm-hmm. And that, that continue that happens, that happens over time. And then I realize it's, it's always because I am, I, there, there is something I'm not admitting to myself that I mm. want and I'm not, you know, and so admitting what I actually want. And sometimes that means letting go of things that were on the vision, you know, that were, that were once part of the vision or just acknowledging that some parts of the vision have arrived and I'm so grateful. And now I want something a little bit different you know, mm-hmm. and, and that, that, um, those are sometimes like very challenging to admit, but once I say it, once I write it, once I say it out loud, oh, it, 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 the energy begins to build again. It opens the floodgates again. And now all of a sudden, my vision is re-energized. The new aspects of it are getting clearer. And that that's a that's a way the energy builds. So so being deeply devoted to it daily yeah. and and energizing it with the truest yearnings of what it is I desire builds this energy for me or feeds the energy for me. Um there's some other interesting things that feed the energy for me too. Being so I need to find I need to find so if I'm if I'm visioning and I'm journaling and I'm like mustering up all the emotions and I'm feeling all the emotions and that's that's like feeding into the vision, I also need to find where I f- I need to find moments of my vision today. Like I need to find where it is in my life today that that's actually happening. And I need to, I need to expand that with the deepest attention and gratitude. And even if those are, you know, just like even micro things right now, so that that's feeds it, you know, what else feeds it is cleaning up. Oh yeah. 
cleaning. Hmm. Yeah. Cleaning the internal cobwebs. Mm. So, and sometimes that actually even means cleaning externally, you know, sometimes it, in order to clean internally, I'm also cleaning externally, um, but cleaning up the cobwebs. So that might be uh, a limiting belief that I want to put my finger on and challenge. It might be a friendship I need to let go of, a boundary I need to set, mm. things I need to say no to, clearing my schedule. It might be um, cleaning up. This is actually on many phases of my journey. This has been a big one for me is cleaning up my budget, cleaning up, cleaning things up, cleaning, literally cleaning out closets, cleaning out clutter, cleaning out, cleaning yeah. and clearing what no longer belongs. The act of that fuels my vision. Yeah. I, years ago, you recommended Tasha Silver's book, It's Not My Money. Yeah. And a big piece of that is the connection between cleaning and clearing out old things that aren't aligned in order to make room for what is aligned to flow in. And ever since I read that book, I think that's what tipped me into loving cleaning. I think like most of my life, I, I was not good at cleaning, not because I didn't love a clean space, but for some reason, I couldn't prioritize it for myself. And ever since I read that, I've fallen in love with cleaning. And I, I could not agree more. Mm -hmm. I think it's so helpful. Cleaning out closets, cleaning out clothes, cleaning out clutter. It, it feels so good. It does something to the energy for sure. Yeah. 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 It, 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 it fuels the energy. Yeah. And it's the same. So I know some people like, okay, like going back to my relationship example, I know that I know many people who have been in a relationship and met the person of their dreams while they're in a relationship and had to go, oh, okay, hang on. I have to end this because, mm, and then, you know, are with the person of their dreams. But for me, that's been a type of cleaning that the universe has always made me do. Like the, the really good thing doesn't flow into me until I clean up those attachments and release them. That's- oh. I 100% I agree with you from from my experience as well. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I've had to energetically clean to make way yes. for the thing to come. Yeah. Yes. That's always been true for me. I am sort of jealous of the people. They must have done some sort of inner cleaning. It just looked different, but I'd always be so jealous of those people. It felt like things that came so easily, but I have always had to have that excruciating moment where you're like, oh, I don't want to let go of, it's like, it might be trash, but it's my trash. Oh. <laughs> and let go. I've always had to have that excruciating moment, the like doubt, the fear of letting go. It's like my first act of trust towards what I really want. I always have to take that leap. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, can we go back a little bit for a sec? And can you, can you share some of the things, a few examples of some of the things that have been hard for you to admit that you wanted? Mm. 
Yeah. I, it's like really simple things. It's it actually usually is the simplest things. A big one that I had to admit to myself, like very recently, is, and I don't know why this was so challenging for me to say out loud, but it is. I don't want to work full time. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. And saying that out loud, I want to work part time. I want to not be bound by meetings in my calendar. Mm -hmm. I want to I want to have complete freedom to only work on the things that bring me so much joy. And, and I had to admit to myself that the things that used to bring me so much joy in my vocation are actually different now. That was really challenging. Even as I'm saying it, I've got my hands clenched because I'm in that right now. I, yeah. I'm, I'm literally reimagining my work and service to the world. Right, like I'm reimagining vocation, what that means for me right now. And but admitting to myself what it is that I really want after um, my entire working career since I was 16 years old, always having multiple jobs, always working myself to the bone. Mm -hmm. Like that, that's, that was a very natural paradigm for myself, for, for my life. And one that I actually, I think I loved it. <laughs> like, I actually think I loved it. And, and now it, it's, it's changing, it's shifting, it's evolving and saying that's what I want. And not just saying that's what I want, but saying I'm like, I'm ready. Mm -hmm to launch that vision out into the universe. And um, that doesn't mean I'm going to part-time hours tomorrow. That's not what that means. But it means that I'm launching out into the near future. And to me, that I have a, this interesting relationship with time, uh, timelines. In one sense, they're incredibly, incredibly empowering when I'm visioning. And then in another, they're uh, very restricting. Timelines actually can completely collapse energy on me. But right now, where I sit, I'm my this this part of my new vision is in two years from now, I am I am in a position where I'm free. I am working part time. I am not bound by meetings in my agenda. I am not on my computer all day long. Mm. Um, and so knowing that that's the vision for two years from now, it has brought such joy for my life today, even though I'm literally on my computer all day long, sometimes in like late into the evenings. And, um, but I'm, I'm, I see it as I'm on the path to freedom. And every choice, decision, and action I make now, today, has to be in alignment with that path, mm -hmm. or else it's just a no. Yeah. Or else I have to let it go. Yeah. I have to release it. Yeah. And that's the scare. That's the, you know, so that's the invisible work. Like there's the action steps forward, and then there's this invisible work of 
making sure your choices, your decisions, your actions are in alignment with where you want to go. Yeah. Yeah. Why do you think it was so challenging to admit to yourself that you yearned to just work part-time and be so free? Um, the word like selfish comes to mind. Um, like what a selfish desire, Mm. what a selfish yearning, what a, um, not even unrealistic. That's not it. I believe it's possible. It feels selfish though. It feels, Mm. um, it feels like, you know, the life I live today is a manifestation of a vision I launched 10 years, like 10 years in the making. Yeah. This vision that I poured and fed energy into building and it collapsed a million times over on me, but I got back up and I built it back up. And here I am today in the manifestation of a vision I launched 10 years ago. And it's better than I could have ever imagined it would be. And how dare I want to release some of that or not release some of it. I think that's where my, my rebel mind goes is like, you want to give that up. That's actually not it at all. I still want the, the things that in my life, you know, I, I, it's just, it's, it's evolving. It's changing. And uh, yeah, admitting that to myself was challenging because it felt selfish. Yeah. It reminds me of, I don't even know what the the phrase is, but like, what's that thing about looking a gift horse in the mouth? Like it, was it something along those lines? Like never heard of that before. No, almost like a, almost like a feeling like wanting something new would make you ungrateful for the blessings you mm-hmm. received. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. Timelines. So timelines both infuse energy and then can collapse energy for me timelines infuse it when there is a long luxurious runway ah when there is a long luxurious runway in my vision and i am so grateful for where i am today that is the recipe for the easiest I, i'm going to say click quote unquote, the easiest, most effortless manifestations that I felt I've ever, that that the manifestations that have just felt like, poof, whoa, it's here. What am I ready for this? This is actually earlier than my timeline. Like, you know, which I love that feeling. I love the feeling of awe and wonder. And is it time for this? That has, those have come when I didn't attach or when I had in my vision, I had this long, luxurious timeline. There was no time pressure. Mm. And I was, I was content and joyful and grateful with how my life was today, despite mm-hmm. that not being there yet. What counts as a long, luxurious timeline? Like, I know it's not always yeah. the same, but. Okay. Great question. And I'm not, I, I think that, that, um, so for example, in my newest, very, you know, the newest iteration of my vision where I'm working part-time, I don't know why two years felt good. 
two years, yeah. two years, oh, in two years. And I actually imagine put myself in that in two years, how old am I? Two years, how old am my kids? Cooper will be 12 and Shay will be 10. Nala was sitting beside me as I was journaling. She will be five. Nala will be five. And I actually had to imagine like, what would, it, what would life look like in that moment? Mm. What grades are they in? Like, like project myself into that moment. And I am working part-time only on the things that just fuel me in my business and all this space I have to do other things. Mm. Um, and I don't know why that felt so, that timeline felt luxurious. It felt, it felt, um, empowering. It felt like it fed something. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's any magic to the number two. Or like, I think it's just, maybe that's just what my, my mind could conceive as possible today. Mm -hmm. Like maybe that could be challenged, you know, maybe for another person, one month feels absolutely possible. Yeah. And so I don't think the number actually matters. I think it's like, what do you think is actually possible? Mm. You know? Yeah. I, I don't know. You may not remember this, but when you were working in your government job and you started having the yearnings of like, one day I'm going to leave this job and I'm going to be a coach. Do you remember if you had a timeline of how yes. many years? Okay. What was your timeline then? Two. Oh, isn't that funny? Interesting. In two years, I remember it. it in two years, I will be a world-class coach. Hmm. I will be getting my kids on and off the bus every day. I will be an entrepreneur, uh, you know, making, matching my corporate salary. I will, like, I had all these elements of the vision. It was two years out. And at the time, what that, that, what that vision two years out did for me, I was working full time in a job I was not passionate about. My kids, I would just gone back to work after Shay was, you know, Shay was 11 months old. So I had a, 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 a one-year-old, a two-year-old, and I was building up working full time. And I was building up a business on the side, meaning I was coaching four nights a week and on weekends. It was a wild, exhausting time. Mm. But that vision, knowing this is just two years, I can do this for two years, even in the days where I didn't feel like I could do it any longer, but it's just two years. Like that, that would, it would fuel me, it would energize me. And what, did I, what were the choices and decisions and actions I needed to make every single day in devotion to that vision for the next two years? Mm. And the manifestation of that vision came in nine months, not two years. And when it came, it was like in the most magical, awe-inspiring way. And the same thing happened with my home. Mm -hmm. I There was no, there was not, when I was visioning for my home, there was no I actually don't think I put a timeline on it. It was just one day. Yeah. And I think my home, I, I think I visioned for that for a good 10 years. Mm. 
um, of the home, the home. And every we had bought, uh, you know, other homes in between this one. And, and it was never the, the the home. It was just like a, okay, we need an extra bedroom. We're having another baby. Oh my gosh, we need to buy another home, you know. Um, but there was no, there was no timeline except it was somewhere out in the future. So there was no grasping at time. Yeah. And I had visioned and visioned and visioned this home every day in my journal and visioned what it would feel like when we arrived in this home. I, I used to say it was the family hub and our table was, we were surrounded by family and friends. And, um, this is where people would gather to come have delicious, nutritious food overflowing our table. And I would imagine, um, looking out at my backyard and just seeing trees and thinking, this is my sanctuary. This mm -hmm. is this, this is, this is this, my, our safe place to land. And, um, just imagining even the, like the, the, the trim along the windows and everything feeling so just exactly to our liking, exactly to our taste. And, um, and I always thought, oh, we'd have to, in order to get this, we actually are going to, we're going to have to build our home. Mm. Like there's no house that exists today with all of these, with all these details and all this feeling that I want to create in here. I used to imagine um, so much joy and laughter and love filling our home that it was just like, and these walls were here to just hold it all and contain it all. And so I used to imagine all these things. And, oh, I used to imagine the, like these big trusses in our living room, just like the details in our front door. And like, I used to imagine what it would feel like to open the front door and, and walk in and be home and be home. And at the time we were living in, um, the suburbs uh, and in Canada, and we were living in a, a very like compact, tight, tight home. You can put two people in our kitchen. Like it was very, everything was very tight. Your neighbors were, you could, <laughs> you'd have to like shimmy through to get in between you and your neighbor's house. There was no privacy. Um, and it, there was like no real tree. It was like a little baby stick tree in our front yard. There was no like big, rich trees. I felt so disconnected from nature. Um, but after I would journal these things about the dream home, I would walk around that current home and I would just like, I would like hug and kiss the walls and say, thank you. Like, thank you for, thank you for containing all the love that is in this house and all the joy that is in this home. And I used to imagine like all the love and the joy, this, this home, has contained it for so long, but it actually can't contain it any longer. You know, it like it needs this other space to contain it all. And so what was so, again, what was so important was being so joyful and grateful for what I had today. And, but, but feeding the vision of tomorrow. And I'll never forget the first day, the first time we walked into this home, we weren't looking we were not looking for a home. We were not, we, I thought we were five years away. Yeah. At least we were, I didn't think we were ready for this. And our friend, um, 
who's a real estate agent, texted us one day and said, hey, you guys want to be our neighbor? Because he, he knew our dream was to move out into the country one day. And he was building a home on the street out in Dunrobin. And he said, this house is up for sale right, right next to where we're building. And he texted it to Sean and I, and we looked, we looked at the listing and we laughed. We looked at it and laughed. We're like, oh, can you imagine? We looked at this house and thought, there is, this is the dream, but there is no way we're, we're ready for this now. Like not a chance. And, um, but we just thought, okay, let's just go check it out. Let's just go check it out. My brother's also a real estate agent. So it was no big deal to be like, Mike, can you just like take us to see this house? And so that night, Mike, Mike got us a showing and, um, we, we all piled into, uh, our, our, a big SUV. So it was m m myself and Sean and the kids and my brother and my parents wanted to come with us. And my parents are so integrated into my vision. They're everywhere in my vision. We're traveling with them. We're one day they're living with us. <laughs> That's part of the vision too. <laughs> They're just like, they're my best, they're our best friends, really. Um, anyway, so we're all, we, we drive up into this, to this driveway and we look at this house and we're like, oh, oh my goodness. And we walk in, open the door. And when I opened that door and saw inside and saw the big, you know, windows looking out into the backyard, which was just framed with these beautiful ancient trees and, 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 and just beyond the window, there's these big trusses in the living room. And, and then I look to my left and there's like the wainscoting in the dining room that I had imagined. And then I walk into the kitchen and it's like this big, beautiful open kitchen that I had imagined. And then I look out the window and my parents and the kids are already outside and they're running around the pool and chasing each other laughing. And I just burst into tears. And like held my heart and I was like, I have been imagining this. This is, this is it. This is like what I have been envisioning. And I looked at Sean and he looked at me and I, we, we were just like in awe of, of what we were walking into. And, and then I, I was walking around the house, literally holding my heart like this and walking around the house. And I said, okay. If this is it, if this is it, I need a sign. I just need you to, sh I just need you to show me, like, give me a sign. I can't ignore that this is it. And so I'm walking around the house with my hands over my heart, and like tears streaming down my face. And I walk into one bedroom, which was the little girl's room who used to live here. And I open up her door and I look up and on the wall is this big massive sign that says the time is now and that sign was speaking to me was speaking to the part of me that wasn't sure if it was time yet i wasn't waiting for the i wasn't there was no timeline right and it was like no it's ready you're ready time is now and um and then you know the the we put in an offer that night they accepted it the next day. It was, and we were moved in within three months. It was wild. 
it was wild. It was a wild manifestation of a dream. And now every day, uh, you know, when, when Sean and I go for walks after dinner every night and uh, we walk and we walk on our street with the trees and we walk in the little forest behind our house and we say, we are so grateful. We are so lucky to live here. And every time we pull up and to see our house, it's like, I live here. <laughs> it doesn't get old. It, like, it really doesn't get old. I live here. Oh my gosh. Like I look out into the trees. I live here. You know, it does not. And I know you know this because you had a very similar manifestation of your house. But that, you know, that was, that was no timeline, just pure building the energy mm -hmm. and then poof, here it is. Yeah. Something that's really standing out to me that is, um, the dynamic that you just described is almost the opposite of a certain dynamic I used to have. So when, when you're describing the story, there's this real sense of, yes, you have dreams, but you are okay right now where mm -hmm. you are. And for one reason or another, I often felt like the absence of the thing I wanted made me not okay. And that made me feel very desperate. And one thing I used to always do was really try to imagine the timeline so much that I, I'm so desperate. My poor family, I used to be like, how long do you guys think before I like meet the person? And they'd be like, oh, I don't know, Michelle. And I'd be like, no, just how long? Just, just guess how long? I was like desperate to know how much longer I had to wait because I didn't feel okay. Um, yeah, like my my cousin, just like if you just had to guess how long, how long? And so it, it's like literally the exact opposite state. And anytime I was in that state of mm -hmm. like, and I, I don't even think it's the fact that I was looking for timelines, but I think it was that I was looking for timelines to escape my present moment. And And you're saying the exact opposite. You were okay in that moment. And I think there's, I think there's a, a really powerful balance there between um, healthily yearning from a place of like, I can find how to be okay, even with this really intense desire. And I found that extremely hard to access. I didn't, it felt so elusive. It felt so out of my grasp to find a way to feel okay with the intensity of my desire that eluded me for years and it was really essential and it didn't mean you know when some people say oh you find it when you're not looking you know in terms of a relationship that wasn't true i i never um or just focus on yourself that like wasn't even entirely true I had to, uh, but I did have to find a way to bring some okayness to my present moment, some happiness, some peace, some, 
I, I really had to become, what's the word? What was it? I had to do something to stop being so desperate. Yeah. Which was very hard for me. What I, what I realize is that safety, the feeling of safety. Oh, that's what so it is. Important. Yeah. Yes. It's so the feeling of safety is so important. The feeling of safety is paramount for me to build energy. Mm. Like I need to feel safe today to do that. If I don't feel safe today, I collapse the energy. Yeah. Yeah. You just named it. That's yeah. what I had to do. It was nothing else. It wasn't even, I, I didn't even find the love I wanted. It was just, I managed to feel safe enough in the present. That's exactly what it was. Safe enough. Safe enough. Yeah. 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 And, and so that, so, so I think that safety, finding safety, whatever that might look like is so important in this process. And so for me, finding safety has meant, so finding safety has meant that like finding this safety inside of myself, this this safety, like in my environment. So that's looked like, you know, I remember, I remember. So prior to the house, it was leaving my cor corporate job. And in order to vision for this coaching practice and this, you know, entrepreneurship that I wanted, I needed to feed into that vision and feel safe today. And, and so what, so, so some things that I had to do were, so I, I'm a very incredibly risk adverse person. And which is wild because we've taken wild risks. <laughs> like if someone were to look at our life and the risks we are in currently right now, it would might give someone a heart attack, really. But it doesn't feel, yes, it feels risky, but they're, they, they feel like I feel safe today. Mm. I feel secure today. And we've, we've done things to be able to feel that safety, feel that security to take risks. I don't know if I'm, I'm, describing this right. So, so one example is, you know, when I wanted to leave my corporate job to, to become a coach, I, we needed to get our financial house in order. You know, I needed to find safety there. I needed to feel safety in our finances to be able to take such a risk, especially with two babies at home. And part of that looked like the beginning stages of that looked like getting into financial integrity. It looked like, um, it looked like coming up with like tearing apart our finances, like line by line and really understand where our money was going and being so intentional with paying off debt and saving a, like a nest egg so that I could leave. And there was a point where we literally sold everything in our house that we didn't need, like including our, our kitchen table and our car. I remember our 
the car that we were driving at that time was less expensive than my children's stroller. <laughs> yeah. And, and we had to, it we actually caught on fire and that's what that I remember pulling up to my parents for the kids second and third birthday and the hood caught on fire and it was time it was like oh okay we need a new car now <laughs> um but 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 doing all those things and having very little in our house at the time and having no but being so um in 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 integrity within our spending and feeling in control it didn't matter that we didn't have a kitchen table. Like it didn't matter. I felt so safe. Like I felt secure. I felt safe because we were spending within our means. We had a plan. The vision, here was the vision. We can do this for a couple of years. Like we can, we can do this for a couple of years because we have a plan. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And those things like finding my safety, creating my safety, <laughs> inside the vision inside where I am today to get to the vision has been incredibly important for me. Mm. Yeah. So, okay. So in terms of things that can collapse the vision, there are timelines that come out of desperation yeah, or put too much pressure, like too much, like you're up against the clock and it makes you, <gasps> It makes you have to grasp at opportunities or try to force opportunities to meet your timeline. What other things, like specific things, mm -hmm. are examples of force that would collapse the energy? Yeah, for you. When I zoom in, mm. when I zoom in on, when I zoom in and fixate on specific things, I begin to collapse the energy. What do you zoom in on and fixate on? Oh, okay. I zoom in on like the way my mind thinks it ought to be the way. So my mind, I can vision, I can put a vision out into the universe and I can be so grateful for where I am today. And then the vision can come where I'm working towards the vision. I'm in that phase of uh, like the energetic phase of, of building and, but my brain can ver my brain actually wants to default to going into all the house. How is this going to happen? Mm. When I, so when I'm zooming in on the house, I am no longer trusting like the magic of the process. I think my my brain wants to figure out how all these pieces are going to click together because these this feels impossible and way too big. So when I fixate and zoom in on one thing and like fixate on that, I am I can feel it in my body. I I can feel what that feels like and I I collapse energy. Hmm. I collapse it. Can you give like one exit, like one business example of something that whether it was like one business example, so someone could like place it. Oh, that's what she means by fixating on something that at the time, I'm sure you thought you were being a really diligent, responsible entrepreneur yes. focusing on these details, but really was 
not helpful. Okay. I have, I'll give you two examples. The first example I actually want to give is about, is related to the manifestation of this house. Mm. And it's actually what happened after we signed this house. So we, we have the moment we put the offer in, we sign it. Everything's oh wonderful. And then all of a sudden, all, all the details are now like kind of in, in, in front of us, we have to sell the current house to get into the new, like all the, all the hows are now, you know, like, it's like the dominoes effect of the house that, that, that happened. And so, so, and we had a tight window. So again, when, when I have tight timelines, I start to, my brain starts to zoom in and wants to, wants to get involved in all the house. So what happened after that was I went into the budget as a responsible human and I'm, you know, I'm like, okay, we need to sell our house for this price in order to be okay when we move into this house. And so I, I had fixated on a price and I, and it was like, we have to sell this house in six weeks. So six weeks, tight timeline. And now I am in total force manifestation mode. Mm. <laughs> I am like painting my walls and I am like, this is the number that we are going to get. And the perfect person is going to walk through those doors and this number. And it was no longer magical. It was like forceful. This mm. is actually what needs to happen now in order for me to feel safe. So I put this number out. I had, was writing vigorously in my journal for six weeks about this number. This is the number. And I'm starting to collapse the energy. The energy is starting to feel constricted. The day comes, our house goes up for sale. And it was a time in the market where it was my brother selling the house. And it was at a time in the market where you did a bunch of open houses on one weekend and then you take your best offer. So it was like very high stakes, do or die. I don't do well with do or die, mm. high stakes. It's either this or not, you know, that. I don't do well with that. It's like too much pressure. So that date comes and our highest offer is $20,000 below my vision number. It's just like not that bad, right? But it felt like a like an insult from the universe. It felt like I I was like, oh my goodness, uh, we can't we can't we no we can't we can't even survive, right? You know, it felt it felt big. Like I was so you know when you get so zoomed into something, you can't see the forest through the trees or whatever that expression is. You can't you're so zoomed in on something. And so we accepted the offer because that was the, the highest offer we could get at the time. And, um, and I remember feeling like the, now the energy is now collapsing around me. Oh my goodness. What have we done? What have we done? This was a mistake. Oh my goodness. I can't trust the universe. Look, the universe brought me the dream home, but didn't, but didn't, didn't respond to my how, like I, I know the best way to get there. I know the way and, and the universe didn't respond to that. Like, right. And I know how ridiculous this sounds. I know how absolutely ridiculous this sounds, but it's how I felt in the moment. And so 
I had to go through a process. And I remember one day driving to a parking lot in the woods with my journal and parking the car and listening to Pink, because that's who I go to when I need to feel some massively angry emotions and like turn her up loud. And I wrote this, I wrote all my feelings out just unapologetically, everything I was feeling, all the fear, all the constrictions. Like it was almost like in that moment, the energy was just collapsing. And I knew I needed to move through those emotions and move through the, the gripping fear I had of this change. But that's what it was. It wasn't about the, 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 the $20,000. It was about um, this, this, like, this next level, you know, this, this arrival into a manifestation that had been in the works for 10 years. I'd been energetically building for 10 years and all my limiting beliefs were coming up. All the limiting beliefs were coming up to be looked at and healed. And so in that car, I was writing, I was crying. I was like, literally, I drove to a parking lot in the woods so I could scream. So I could just like let out the energy without anyone calling the police on me <laughs> or without terrifying my children at home. Um, and I wrote that and I could, I released, like I could feel, I drove back home feeling like I surrender. I zooming back out, like, come on, <laughs> right? Like zooming right back out and I surrender. I surrender it. I give it over to you. I recognize that the hows are none of my business. I just have to put one foot in front of the other and, um, and also acknowledge and, and, and feel my feelings and acknowledge all the fears that are coming up to be released. And so the next couple of days was just this like very sweet place of surrender that I was in and just openness. And just, then I was like, I am so grateful. We've sold this house. Like I, the gratitude was returning and the energy was starting to build back up. And then one morning I'm journaling and about this and Sean comes barreling down the stairs in his underwear. I'm like, what, what, what? And he comes barreling and he's like, Taryn, we, we just won the lottery. And I'm like, like mid sentence, I'm like mid sentence in my journal. He said, so him and his, his four best friends, the five of them, do this lottery pool every, I don't know, every week or every month. I'm not sure how often they do it, but they're in this lottery pool. And our ticket won that week. We won $100,000. Our family won $20,000. <laughs> and here he is, like we won $20,000. And I'm mid-sentence mid in my journal. You can't even make this stuff up. I, it, I, I couldn't even speak. <laughs> like, what? You know, it felt like, you remember what you were saying earlier? Like, that could, could, it could, could it, I needed to feel the, the gap. I needed to have the experience of, the discomfort, the gap, the, all the fears coming up, all the, I needed to release that. I needed to surrender that. I needed to be open to the miracles without 
saying, universe, this is what I need. You better give it to me so that I can feel safe. I needed to find my safety in another way. I needed to find it. I needed to resource it in another way. Yeah. And, and then that happened. Like, isn't that wild? It is wild. Yeah. Yeah. What's your, what is your other example of yeah. a way you've zoomed in on the details or the hows really strongly? In entrepreneurship? Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's probably been in the last, you know, five years of my life. That's been, that's probably been the, the biggest area of my life where, um, I can easily fixate and zoom in. I can, I have, I I'm actively building the energy and there are many, many moments where I have collapsed that energy. When I get, when there are, when there are, so, okay, what, what, what would it be? An example would be when my mind, let me back up. The vision is so beautiful. Hmm. And all my emotions and all my feelings and all the beautiful impact and all the lives we're touching and all the, it's like, oh, it's the, the vision is so beautiful. And then my strategic mind can very easily go to, okay, and this is also how you pay your bills, you feed your family, you feed other families. Like my mind can easily feel the crushing pressure the, and it's always financial, the crushing financial pressure of the realities of being an entrepreneur where you're, you're not, you go going from a consistent paycheck in a, in a, in a corporate job to, um, you're now responsible for your paychecks and for other people's paychecks. Ooh, that's, that was a massive, that's, that's a lot of pressure. That yeah. can be a lot of pressure. I'm not sure I'm quite built for that, that level of pressure. I say that, but I, 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 that level of pressure can, can collapse energy. Mm. And so my mind can very easily want to get into the weeds, dig into the details, map every step out, uh, associate numbers. And, and then I get fixated on the numbers. Well, I need, we need to bring in this much revenue. We need th th the cohorts need to be this size. And then when I fixate that heavily and detailedly in, in the numbers, I have collapsed the energy. Mm -hmm. I have collapsed the energy. And it, it, I, I, every single time I have done that, I have had to come to that, like come to Jesus moment within myself to surrender it, mm -hmm. to surrender it, to let it go and to build the energy back up. And what's really beautiful about, I think the collapsing of the energy is that it's a point where we are invited to look at the limiting beliefs and the parts of us that are no longer working. It's not for nothing. Like even those collapses are not for nothing. 
And usually the build after is that much stronger if we've allowed it to collapse, if we've allowed it to shed, if we're like letting go of this thing, you know? Mm, yeah. I told, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It, so far, anything I've ever wanted or wanted to have manifest or come into my life <clears throat> through cycles of like building the energy and collapsing, no collapse has ever made something has has ever actually ruined it or broken it. I've, yeah, you're I've right. Gone through the cycle so many times, so like a collapse feels so devastating in the moment, but it hasn't ever meant that the thing I really want is going to be blocked from coming at all. You know what? You know, if I as I as I'm recalling some of the collapses I felt in the past, specifically in business. Those have actually been, if I look at like really micro pivotal moments, those have been micro pivotal moments mm. where I have gotten so fed up with this thing that's no longer working. Maybe it's this thing in the business, or maybe it's this thing that I thought I had to do, or we had to do, or maybe it's this, just this like limiting belief inside of me that's been cool, like cluttering up my view. And it, it's in those collapses that I'm, I get so fed up with whatever it is. And I want to burn it to the ground and I want to rebuild it. Mm. And those have been like some really pivotal key changes and moments that we've actually made along the way in the MRA to build it to what it is today. And I think if I were to look at other collapses in my life, I think that would be true. Mm. Yeah. If you think about like as you look back over all the experiences you've had and being able to see what you can see now from a real bird's eye view how do you want to be different in moving forward or how do you want to integrate this really intentionally moving forward like what ways do you think you'll change mm. that's a really good question that's when I've, I've been pondering of, yeah, okay, knowing this, like with this clarity of what feeds it and what collapses it, what do I want to do differently moving forward? What do you want to do differently? Is anything becoming clear for you? Yeah. I, um, I think a lot of my cycles of building and collapse they happen in a relatively short period of time. Like something gets me excited and I build energy really quick and a not quite, a not quite idea or a not quite person or a not quite manifestation comes in, but I latch onto it and it crashes and burns. And, and the cycles can be pretty quick. And one thing I have never been able to do that I really want to step into. I want to step into the version of me who's much slower and much steadier and much more consistent for long amounts of time. And let, instead of the energy being like a quick, hot, build, burn, crash, I want to 
build slowly. Oh, the slow burn. The slow burn, the slow build. Um, and and build, you know, like build the energy and the magnetism so big that it kind of takes me to a, a level I've never been to. Cause I I I guess like I've, 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 I've done it. I've like tapped into it because obviously I, I don't know, I found the grit and resilience to hold tight long enough for the things I really want to come in to come in. But I think there's a whole other level. And I think looking forward at the things that I want to come into now, my actions or, you know, what I'm doing to build the energy are actually, I think I'm going to let them be really gentle and small, but so consistent, like a, a consistency I've never had. And I am going to, I think I'm not even going to set any timelines at all, because I think I have even, sometimes timelines work for you, and sometimes they don't. Timelines are even harder for me. Like right now, I think I do better without any timelines, just like really gentle building for as long as I need to being really careful to say no to everything that tests me and kind of like the tortoise and the hare, I guess it's that energy. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm going to step into slowly, consistently tapping into my vision building showing up in like the teeniest little gentle ways and changes and i think that i'll be able to also hold more energy that way sometimes when the energy and excitement builds and an opportunity presents itself it's so hard not to go oh, okay and like let all the energy burst and so mm. I've mm -hmm. never, I think this way, I'll learn to hold more energy and I'll learn to hold bigger possibilities if it's like a drop a day. And that's what I really want. I want to feel more powerful than I've ever felt. And I want to feel bigger possibilities than I've ever let myself feel. And, and I, I just, part of me would like for it to be tomorrow, but my gut is like, no, you got to you got to settle in for the long haul here and just be committed and devoted. How do you cultivate uh, safety for yourself in that? Okay, right now, I, right now, I feel that safety. Like I feel like I enjoy my daily life enough that I have that feeling of, mm -hmm. I can do this. I look at all the wonderful things I have here. Um, but how did I, how did, because I never used to be able to find this place of safety when there were still things I wanted. How did I do that? What was the process? Oh, I, I don't even entirely know the answer. Oh. Okay, one piece has been cleaning my life, like you were saying. I read something in a book the other day that said um, perfection, but 
perfection isn't reached when you've added enough that it's finally perfect. Perfection is reached when you've released everything that's meant to be released and you get to the part that's like essential. And I'm saying perfection like really loosely here. And um, so, yes, there's still more things I want to add to my life. But one thing that is so shockingly satisfying, like deeply satisfying, is releasing the things that aren't essential to my life and happiness. Um, so you know this, but I I say no to 99% of invitations I receive to anything that involves leaving my house, being social, doing anything. I just, I just, uh, I just say no to all of those things. I, um, there's lots of things that people do in their lives and their families with their kids or like, I don't know, traditions or norms in the world. I, I don't do a lot of those things. Like my life would look so boring to many, many, many people, I'm sure. But it's been such a lovely process of of feeling into this thing. I get a clue of like, oh, I got to do this thing. And then I examine it. I'm dreading doing this thing. Why am I doing it? And then, you know, I, I wrestle with it and I go, I'm not doing it anymore. And so releasing things and tasks and commitments feels so good. And I have a lot of space right now. And I think I'm, and and so in these bubbles of time and space, when I have no demands on me, it's a really lovely type of freedom where I get to show up however I want. And I get to choose, do I feel like writing? Do I get, do I feel like reading? Do I feel like a bath? Do I feel like a walk in the woods? Do I feel like going to put around with my chickens? To me, that is... I find so much safety in that, mm -hmm. so much safety in that and so much satisfaction in that. Um, and so, yeah, really just anchoring into, I don't need more money or more manifestations to enjoy the core of the things that I really mm -hmm. value. And so just releasing the noise around that and anchoring into those things that are here Sure, I have little fears, but um, I think that's helping me find enough safety, like the core of my life. Like I have my partner who, oh, our relationship is so safe. Oh, it's so safe. It's the safest thing in the entire world. My kids are safe when I tuck them into bed at night. That they're, mm -hmm. My kids are safe when I tuck them into bed at night. Wolves and bears can't get in my home. So like, I am safe when I go to sleep at night. My, you know, my house is strong. Uh, my car is safe. Even just, even just tapping into like, I actually have literal physical safety. Yeah. Oh, I think, totally. I think that helps. Yeah. I can, and, and maybe it helps too. Like when, not that it's great to hear horrible things, but it feels like lately I've heard a lot of really horrible things, either in the world or like a friend of a friend, something happening to a friend of a friend. And every time I hear one of those things that affects someone's children, 
the safety of their children, the health of their children, something like that, or, you know, just horrible tragedies in the world. It's like, obviously there's the part of me where my heart goes, oh, that's like so sad. And then there's also the opportunity to feel so much gratitude for just, I'm healthy and safe and my kids are healthy and safe. Mm -hmm. and That's I, it. I, yeah. And I get to read really special books with them at night. That's, you know, that's, that's enough for me right now. I can, I can accept that gift and feel like I can do this. I can mm -hmm. do this. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I think for me, my balance now will be, I want to, I think my next edge of growth, my, my next edge of growth is to this level of, um, I'm not really sure what the word is, how you described it. For me, the, what the, the word is like this level of, um, internal peace, mm. this level of internal strength, peace, this internal like fortitude um, to that slow burn of energy that you described. That is my jam. Mm. That is my, I think that's why I like to vision for somewhere out in the future. And I'm not very good at visioning for like tomorrow, what I want to manifest tomorrow. Never that. Oh, I always collapse the energy when it's something has to be, like, there's a specific date and it's right around the, it has to be right around the corner. But when there's like a slow burn kind of energy that I get to build towards, that's so luxurious to me. It's mm. so delicious. That energy is so, and it's so much stronger. It's so much stronger. So what I want to do, I want to, what I, what I just realized in our conversation is that there have been things in my entrepreneurial journey where that are associated with like timelines where I have been in this cycle of building the energy, collapsing it, building it, collapsing it, building it, collapsing it. But I haven't been really learning my lesson to like change it. Oh. I'm realizing that the only reason it's building again is because the timeline's gone. Oh, does, does that make sense? It's like, yeah, I, I'm, I, I'm realizing that there's a pattern that's been repeating. Yeah. Th that's associated with timelines and numbers and launches and money. And, and, and I feel it. I, I can, I, when, when the runway's long, it's building, it's building, it's building. And then I'm, something I get into my head and I collapse it. And the only reason I'm building back up again is because the timeline has passed. Mm. So does that make sense? Well, I know exactly what yeah. you mean because I have all of the context um, yes, uh, but I think it makes sense even just so in, in the world of being an entrepreneur, when you're launching programs, there's times where, uh, you know, there's times where you, 
well, gosh, there's there's dates, there's launch dates, and then there's uh, there's yeah. revenue that comes in, and then uh, programs carry on, and it's kind of set for a while. Yeah. So so there's a lot of pressure around launches. I think even yeah. I think even people who aren't in the exact you know field or type of business that you have, I think I think there's probably dates with pressure related to launches yeah. or you know other things. Yeah. Okay. So now that you see that pattern and yeah. also you, there are still dates. What? This is not right. And this, this is my reality. Yeah. Right. I can't, I, 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 this is, this is, this is what I've chosen. This is the business. I've, this is the business of my dreams. <laughs> and it, it and so, so I want to, my next growing edge is to get to a place where I am. So I've like transmuted that mm -hmm. I have, I have, you know, that next level that you were talking about, I've achieved that next level in business mm -hmm. where those timelines that have to exist in my business don't shake me to the core. <laughs> Yeah. Don't collapse my energy each and every time. That I'm I'm I am so connected to safety. I am so connected to gratitude. I am so connected to myself that that doesn't shake me. That's like actual true freedom mm. for me in business. What would it Okay, so how do you, what does it look like to lean into that right now? What does that mean mm. tangibly and practically? Um, that's a good question. What does that mean? So practically that means somehow, you know what it means? I, I need, I need to find, I need to find a way I need to find earlier signals that I'm starting to zoom in and I need to catch myself sooner because there's a point where I zoom in. It's almost like the point of no return. <laughs> I've, I've mm. zoomed in so deep. I'm so deep in the, in the zooming and I'm, I'm now operating in my rebel mind in my garden. I've been there for weeks and it's like pulling me out of that is really freaking challenging, especially when a looming timeline is around the corner. I need to find those, those moments where I'm starting to zoom in. I need to catch that earlier so that I can, I can come back to this energy and, and nurture it and feed it and, and stay here. That's one thing. I also realized that um, there's an element of there is an there's also an element of faith in this process for me and you have inspired this your your relentless your ability to relentlessly say no to anything that is not in direct alignment to what it is that you want so what i what i'm envisioning is this path to what it is that i want and 
a just a new discernment, a new question I'm going to filter everything through is, is this on the path, like directly on the path? Not is this beside the path? Is this somewhere in the vicinity of the path? Like, is this on the path? And if no, say no. Mm-hmm. If yes, say yes. And and that I, that is helping to strengthen the vision and also requires an enormous amount of faith <laughs> that by saying no to those things, by letting those things go and by only saying yes, by only feeding, by, by only taking, just making decisions and choices and actions that feed this vision, <laughs> that it's getting me closer. Yeah. You know? Yeah. To me, that is, that's the energy that the universe seems to often decide to like deliver a little miracle, you know? Yeah. Like the universe, gosh, you've described the multiple miracles. The universe is like, here you go. You didn't even mention the one about leaving your corporate job, but there's a nice little mini miracle. Here's an extra lots more money to, you know, send you on your way. Um, And it always seems to come. It's like, you have to take that first little step in faith first. Always. And then the miracles come. Yeah. Like the, the full step in faith, like the, I have stripped away all of it and collapsed the energy so many times. And I am finally ready to step forward in faith. Mm. Yeah. Ooh, this was a good, good, juicy conversation. Mm. Is there anything that you know now? that you didn't know when we started this conversation? What is, what is becoming again, shockingly clear is kind of what I just said around this pattern that I've seen repeat in my life. And just even this concept of building back up the energy intentionally Um, So what is clear for me is that I have some work to do (laughs) and I've put my finger on what it is I have to look at. It's not perfectly clear yet, but that's a powerful place to be where you recognize a pattern, you recognize, you've put your finger on something, you're in a place of awareness. Like I feel like I'm in a place of awareness so I can really examine that and I can make different choices. What about you? I don't know. Um, I don't know. This, maybe this isn't something I didn't know, but maybe it just wasn't in the forefront. Normally there's all like my whole life. I feel like there's been a gap between what I knew was possible, but what like, but how I was, how I was showing up didn't reflect what I believed was possible or the way the universe worked or just it, didn't reflect. Um, I don't know. There was just so many times I don't feel like I embraced all the power I actually had. And I feel really proud about how I've been showing up the past few weeks. And I realized that what makes me really proud what makes me really proud and the things I'm doing that I feel like are making a difference are 
so simple. Mm -hmm. They're such small little things. Um, but I, I've generally been bad with small, simple little things. I wanted bigger, quicker fixes, you know? I've never wanted the steady, gentle, consistent things. And I'm doing it. I'm doing it and I'm really proud as I've been so bad. It's like, you know how much I, it's, it's, I've been embracing some of the energy of um, more like routines and rituals. And I wouldn't say I have a schedule that would be quite a stretch that I have a lot of freedom, but I am embracing that really consistent rhythmic type of activity that happens every single day. And I'm really pleased that I found a way to bring some of that in, in a way that works for me and doesn't make me feel constrained. Mm. I'm really pleased about that. And this conversation, I guess, is just confirmation. Like, yeah, that like, I, I do believe in that. And my intention is to just keep that going. Thanks for inspiring this one. Yeah, I, I think I think I love it because it's this is this is smack dab exactly what I'm in every day, and it feels really good to it feels really good to bring more light onto it for me through getting to explore this with you. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for being part of this conversation. If it serves you, take a moment to contemplate what your golden nugget is from this exploration. And if you feel inspired, please feel free to share it with us in the comments of this episode on our YouTube channel. To learn more about the MRA and our renowned flagship Mind Rebel Coach Training Series that begins once a year in the spring, please visit our website at www.themindrebel.com.